This, this is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, we use any excuse there is to enjoy life's great pleasures. And we don't need much of an excuse this weekend, for it is Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May. Big celebration. We'll talk about Cinco de Mayo. And in relation to Cinco de Mayo, we, of course, have to have the official Mexican libation and Mexican cocktails that consist of tequila. So we have Cinco de Mayo tequila and tequila libationary maneuvers on hand for you today, lieutenants. And as always, your general, front and center, says, join us. Pour yourself a tequila. Fire up a cigar. Kick back. And join us at 877-DAVE-007. 877-328-3007. We'll fire things up right now. Well, I'm not an illegal Mexican. I'm a legal American. In fact, everyone here in Humidor 1 today, uh, 1-8 today are citizens. But today, everybody is Mexican. Some are more illegal than others. About 11 million of them. But nonetheless, we will be celebrating Cinco de Mayo celebratory maneuvers. Cinco de Mayo has its roots back around the Battle of Puebla. And people think that it's uh, Cinco de Mayo's Mexican independence. It is not. Not at all. In the state of Puebla in Mexico, the date is observed to commemorate the Mexican army's unlikely victory over French forces at the Battle of Puebla on May 5th, 1862, under the leadership of General Ignacio Zaragoza Seguin. Mexicans, Mexico's Independence Day is September 16th, not May 5th. Many people think that is to be the case. Little background of Cinco de Mayo. Has its roots in the French occupation of Mexico, which took place in the aftermath of the Mexican-American War of 1846 until 1848, the Mexican Civil War of 1858, and the 1860 Reform Wars. All those wars left the Mexican treasury nearly bankrupt. Does it sound familiar, lieutenants? Can make the same parallels today in 2013. On July 17, 1861, Mexican President Benito Juarez issued a moratorium in which all foreign debt payments would be suspended for two years. In response, France, Britain, and Spain sent naval forces to Veracruz to demand payment. Britain and Spain negotiated with Mexico and withdrew, but France, at the time ruled by Napoleon III, decided they would use that opportunity to establish a... A, uh, an empire in Mexico that would favor French interests. So in late 1861, 
A well-armed French fleet stormed Veracruz landing, a very large force consisting of 8,000 troops, and they battled against a very poorly equipped Mexican army of 4,500. And guess what? On May 5th, 1862, the Me uh, Mexicans managed to decisively crush the French army, which then was the premier army of the world. So therefore, it became a celebratory holiday, a celebratory occasion. And of course, along the way, as Mexicans uh, immigrated to the United States, and of course, an American never needs an excuse for a party, it has become a big-time celebration, and we will conduct Cinco de Mayo celebrations today. Let me tell you uh, who our great guests are front and center here in Humidor 1A. First up, we have to my right, our resident sommelier, sommelier Dave Cavanis. Oh, got to get those mics on. There we go. Senior General Long Ashes at you. Ah, the Frito Bandito. Yes, excellent. <laughs> and we have joining us for the second time because he did a magnificent job the last time around, Mixologist Ryan. Hola, Senor. Uh, everybody, great. We are now going to be a bilingual show <laughs> today. Si. Si. Ah, muchacho. Si, 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 si. And we have to my left, we have, believe it or not, his real name, his first name is Tequila. His second name is Jerry. And his uh, third name is Sacconi. Tequila Jerry. Hola, General. Oh, that's the best you can do? Come on. Hola, amigo. Now, you are the reason we call you Tequila Jerry is because you are one of the uh, owners of Question Tequila, which if you look at the bottle, it looks like an inverted question mark, but Question in Spanish is question. Correct. So Question Tequila. Correct. And you're going to be answering our questions on tequila today. Yes, I will. You are good to go. All right, fantastic. Well, let's talk first up, lieutenants. Oh, by the way, a couple of things. If you'd like to join us, as I mentioned, Nationwide Cigar and Pleasure Friendly Hotlines are open, 877-DAVE-007. That is 877-328-3007. Email address, CigarDave, at CigarDave.com. Follow me at Twitter, at CigarDaveShow. And follow me on Facebook, become a, a uh, like our page, whatever they call it, fan, like, whatever it is, uh, social media page, Facebook slash Cigar Dave. So Cigar Dave under Facebook, at Cigar Dave Show for Twitter. And if you are enjoying yourself right now, and you are going to conduct Cinco de Mayo and tequila tasting maneuvers with us with a cigar, with your tequila, with your libation, with your concoction, whatever the case is, by all means, send it to us. Uh, either via email or just go ahead and uh, post it uh, to a direct message. Not a direct message to me, but uh, just include me on the message in Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we can share that, and I will retweet as many of those as humanly possible. One very important program note before we get into talking about tequila. XM, where we have been heard for many, many years, uh, and in fact the last, I think, three or four years on XM Channel 165 Extreme, Every number of years, XM Sirius reorganizes their channels. And next week, on May 8th and May 9th, they're reorganizing all of their channels. Not just us, but a whole group of, of uh, channels. So next week, beginning next Saturday, which I believe is May 11th, if I am not mistaken. Wait, I'm going to check that. It is May 11th. That Actually, that is the... I'm trying to remember. I graduated May 11th, uh, 1986 from Syracuse. Oh, beautiful. How do you like that? Wow, time flies. <laughs> anyway, next Saturday, May 11th, we will be moving. The show is still going to be noon to 2 live Eastern time, but the entire channel, Extreme Talk 165, is going over to XM Channel 243. 
I'll be tweeting this out. I will be putting the notes uh, on Facebook or messages on Facebook. But please make a note of it that if you listen to us on XM, Extreme Talk next Saturday goes from Extreme Talk Channel 165. We're moving to Channel 243, the new home of Extreme Talk and the Cigar Dave Show. All right. First up, Somalia Dave, let us talk about tequila General. very briefly. What is tequila? Tequila is a beverage that has been produced in the uh, Jalisco region of Mexico since the mid-1500s. Spanish conquistadors ran out of brandy. They looked at the blue agave plants. They distilled them and created tequila. The conquistador. The conquistador. Yes. yes. And uh, by the way, you, since it is Cinco de Mayo... I'm a Cinco Star General. I just want to make that very clear today. Five Star always. That's right, Cinco Star. Well, so, and, and, and let me bring in uh, Tequila Jerry, because uh, you obviously make tequila. Uh, you distill tequila. Uh, it is a distilled beverage from the blue agave plant, which is primarily uh, grown around the area surrounding the city of Tequila, which is 40 miles northwest of Guadalajara, and also grown in the highlands of the western Mexican state of Jalisco. And the blue volcanic soil in that region is well-suited to growing the blue agave, where 300 million agave plants are harvested each year. So let's talk about what is agave. I know we talk about wine. We know that, that wine is made of them or grape. But what is agave? Is it a plant? Is it, it uh, Somalia, Dave? It kind of looks yeah. like a cactus, it's, doesn't it? It, sure. it kind of looks like a uh, large aloe plant, yes. I think would be the best There you go. Right. So, uh, you know, an oversized uh, aloe plant on steroids. <laughs> there you go. Now, and, and how is exactly what happens? There's juice, so there's some well, sort of... Well, we actually cut the leaves off, and uh, we call it the pineapple or the hema in, in Spanish, and that's basically what's roasted and pressed to get the agave nectar out. Excellent. So, so that's that's where the, where the uh, uh, alcohol is actually taken. So what happens there. is you, you get the, you said the juice that comes out. Yeah, we we press the uh, you press the plant. Well, what well, you, no, no, you no. would cook it first. Yeah, well, there's we roast a couple it ways for to 70, cook it. We we roast it for seventy two hours under high pressure. Right. This way, it's cooked very right. good. So and, it's cooked first, and then it's pressed. Then it's pressed, pressed, and and the agave nectar is the agave is, nectar is comes out. That, right? Now we have had actually we we we've. Uh, Samadhi, Dave, you gave me a bottle of, I think, a, like agave yep. honey. The you can buy it right now. I have right. some right Which here. Which is for very, very sweet. So right. that would be the natural taste. Sugar, right. sugar. sugar. And it's right. hypoglycemic for a lot of people to use, better than even using honey. So just like with any distilled beverage, uh, you take these sugars and then you ferment them. Mm -hmm. And then you get the alcohol and Correct. the right. libation we so enjoy today, known as tequila. Right. Yeah. And we do a distillation process uh, twice, which uh, actually provides with a lot of flavor to the tequila. Uh, typically, some other you know tequilas will will distill more, but uh, we're very interested in, in providing that tequila. So we suggest drinking uh, the tequila neat. All right, now let's talk about, and, and I'm going to have mixologist Ryan. One of the things we're going to do, actually, to get things uh, underway here is we're not going to have a tequila-related cocktail, but to get things started, because we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo, one of the beverages you can have is a mimosa. However, Cigar Dave put a twist on it. It is the Cigar Dave Cinco de Mimosa because it will use, we're going to use a special type of a Moscato wine today. We're not going to use champagne. We're going to use some freshly squeezed orange juice. And mixologist Ryan is going to put a splash, a splash of tequila, which makes it a Cinco de Mimosa. <laughs> Are you sure just this. a splash? 
Okay, a little bit more than a splash. <laughs> All right, that sounds better. I- I'll leave it up to you. You've got the discretion on that. All right, uh, so Tequila Jerry, again, we're talking about the distillation of the the uh, agave plant and making it into tequila. Now, there are th- several different types of tequila because when people think of tequila, they think of a margarita and getting hammered and getting very sick. But when the tequilas we're talking about are so good that you can also sip these like you would be sipping Correct. bourbon or whiskey or single malt. Or co- cognac. Or yes. cognac, exactly. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about the three different types of of uh, tequila. Well, we have we have a blanco, which is right out of the still. It's uh, uh, you know we we manufacture quite a bit of that, but we're still we're we're a boutique craft tequila. So we manufacture a lot, but we try to keep you know the quality very very high. Of what we do. Uh, so the blanco's right out of the still. Then we go to a reposado, which means rested. Uh, typically that's aged about six months and And that will be a little darker in color yeah the color's coming from uh, uh, American oak barrel that's uh, whiskey cured so that's that's a key to uh, the flavor that we get on the so isn't it interesting when you think about it we we have the oak barrels that are used to make bourbon then they take the used oak barrels to make Tequila as well sure. as scotch. Sure, all of it. They also use French barrels too. You might only use um, well, well, American Fran- oak. Yeah, but f- the problem with French barrels, I find, Somalia Dave, is that after you you age the spirit, the spirit wants to retreat and surrender. <laughs> so that's why I really prefer American oak in any any fermentation process. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, again, anytime we can take a shot at the, shot French, at the French, we're going to. Will. I mean, look. It's not often that I'm going to side with Mexico, but when Mexico whips France... Yeah. And they were outnumbered quite a <laughs> they bit. They were outnumbered. I mean, anytime That's France gets their asses handed it, right? to them, you know, you Ra- got to be happy about raises it. Raises your eyebrow. It exactly. really does. <laughs> All right. So we, we talked about the first one, which is the... The Blanco. The Blanco, then the Reposado. The, the Reposado. In between the, those, they do actually do have one. It's called Hoven or Gold. A gold? It's just rested a little bit on the uh, in a barrel, but they can also add caramel color and some other stuff right and also are natural yeah so and how long is the reposado uh, rested or aged about, about six months six months yeah. then after the reposado we, we go to añejo which means añejo. aged the añejo is uh, great with a pairing with a fine cigar uh that's we we age that about 18 months on average 18 so. months so that and 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 that imparts a lot of the oak flavor yes the, the color so it's going to be a richer deeper fuller flavored tequila absolutely Fantastic. All right. Somalia Dave Cavanis, mixologist Ryan, tequila Jerry Saccone, Ciccone of uh, Question Tequila. We've got everyone in house here, lieutenants. And when we come back, we'll conduct the National Cinco de Mayo Litation Ceremony, 877-DAVE-007-877-328-3007. Cha-cha-cha. Let the festivities begin. Your passport to pleasure. The Cigar Dave Show. The General pontificates 24-7 on Twitter at Cigar Dave Show. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
Wow, he's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I cannot tell you how many times lieutenants come up to me and say, General, I wish I could enjoy the same great cigars you get to sample before everyone else. Well, good news. For the last nine years, you've been able to do that. If you've joined my Cigar Dave's Officers Club every month, you will receive three cigars direct to your door, shipped in a fantastic Officers Club custom Ziploc cigar pouch. Membership is $22.95 per month. There's no long-term contracts. You're not satisfied? You can cancel whenever you want. It makes a great gift for birthdays, holidays. In fact, I suggest you take an Officers Club membership and spoil yourself. Sample the gamut from mild to full, natural to Maduro, robusto to perfecto. The Cigar Dave's Officers Club has great cigars delivered to you every single month. Join today at CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club and enjoy great cigars. And now, a few words with Rocky Patel about the private seller. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. And for years, I've been saving special fillers and binders to make a personal blend that I absolutely love and enjoy. And everyone's been asking me for this cigar, but we've never had enough of the tobaccos. Finally, I've gathered enough great tobaccos to release something from my personal humidor. It's called the Rocky Patel Private Cellar. We spent years developing and perfecting the cigar. It's got gorgeous earthy flavors, beautiful, dark, oily, broadleaf wrapper, and some of the greatest fillers from Esteli and Condega in Nicaragua. This medium to full body cigar is rich, it's decadent, and it fills your palate with tons of flavor. I promise you, you're gonna love this cigar. Look for the private seller so I can share some of my favorites with you. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Lightation Maneuvers. Well, I'm going to require a cigar today that will stand up to the numerous tequilas and tequila-related concoctions that we'll be enjoying. So the cigar that came to mind, I want something that's going to be medium with some hints of Spice and richness, not overly powerful, balanced, smooth. There is a cigar, the Brickhouse Mighty Mighty Maduro, which I absolutely love. It is a magnificent cigar. We launched this cigar actually just about uh, a little less than a year ago at our Detroit live broadcast invasion last July. Love the cigar. Big magnum size. 6 by 60 a lot of flavor, uses a Brazilian Arapiraca wrapper, which just adds a unique complexion to it. 
It's got beautiful Nicaraguan tobaccos. It is nicely aged. It's very reasonably priced. But I wanted a Corona size. The Brickhouse Mighty Mighty Maduro only comes in one size. So, therefore, I talked to my good friend Rich Dolak, the Vice President of Operations at J.C. Newman, Chandelier, the Vice President of Marketing, Eric Newman and Bobby Newman, and I said, Lady and gentlemen, I am imploring you to make me a special size, a special cigar, the Brickhouse Mighty Mighty Maduro, but in a Corona. And they did. Smoked it. It's magnificent. You can't buy it. Not available. It is a petite Corona size. I would say this is about four and three quarters inches in length with about a 40 ring gauge. Nice petite Corona. I call it, because it's got so much flavor, the Max Power Mini Maduro. The Brickhouse Max Power Mini Maduro for the Cinco Star General. That's what I will enjoy today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. All right, five jet flames on my Cigar Dave signature prototype lighter from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories ready to go. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. And as I look around, I see Tequila Jerry, Somalier Dave, Mixologist Ryan have not waited for me. They just, as soon as I gave them the Brickhouse Max Power Mini Maduro, they went to town. So I'm going to toast the foot of this cigar. Not going to take a long time to toast because it's a smaller ring gauge. A lot of flavor. Great draw. Mmm. Mm. Fabulous. Excellent. My cigar is now lit. And in just a few moments, we will begin our tequila tasting maneuvers and our tequila concoction maneuvers. Lieutenants, don't forget, if you care to join us, 877-DAVE-007. That is 877-328-3007. Email address, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. Join us. Follow us at Twitter at CigarDaveShow. Facebook, CigarDave. And do not forget, those of you listening to us today on XM165 Extreme Talk, the entire channel, including yours truly, next Saturday, May 11th, we move to XM Channel 243. So as the phone company would say, please make a note of it. We go from Extreme Talk Channel 165 on XM to Channel 243. That is next week. We'll tweet it out. Just make a note of it. Set a little button on your car radio. Change your preset so that you've got channel 243 and you are good to go next Saturday, noon to 2 Eastern Time. Somalier Dave, Mixologist Ryan, Tequila Jerry, we have got Privates Lee and Private Brian. They are they are drooling. They're foaming to get some tequila samples. <laughs> Yours truly, the General, the Cinco de Mayo General, front and center. Alpha male conversational maneuvers continue on the, on the Cigar Dave Show.
Check. Assorted mixers. Check. Fresh limes. Check. Chilled margarita stemware. Check. Mixologist. Check. Chips, salsa, and guacamole. Check. Stacked Mexican bambinas. Check and double de-checked. Commence Cinco de Mayo pleasure maneuvers. Well, we are ready to go, and as I said, we're going to have the special Cinco de Mimosa. So, mixologist Ryan, I know that you have brought over. Want to introduce who you brought over? Yes, I brought in the uh, lovely Jenny to be uh, bringing over drinks this evening. The lovely Jenny, direct from Acapulco. Acapulco. Excellent. Exactly. She's got the flower in her hair and everything. I see that. Thank you very much, Jenny. Now, mixologist Ryan, I gave you the inspiration for the Cigar Dave Cinco de Mimosa. Tell me what you did to it. Okay. We got a little bit of uh, lemon juice, lime juice, orange juice, uh, fresh agave nectar, and then the um, Moscato that you uh, you had me use. And then we topped it off with just a uh, little bit of the uh, 1800 silver tequila to give it that extra pop. It definitely has a little pop. I was thinking we'd just get a little bit of the wine, a little splash of tequila, and some orange juice. You really went all out. Yeah, you know. I this is it. why you're a professional this mixologist. This is why he's a mixologist. Right? Exactly. This is why I do what I love to do. Mm. Wake up in the morning, and just like you, you get to talk about and, and make great things. I get to do the same with cocktails. I will need... Uh, 33 of these tomorrow because I got 32 dames in the harem Heard. plus me. So tomorrow morning, uh, we'll wake up about uh, probably 8.30. So if you could have these ready for me, chill, that would be lovely. I'll have it batched out and sitting oh, on the counter for you. That is magnificent. <laughs> this is really seriously good. And, Thank and you. I noticed there's a little bit of salt tang to it. Is there a little salt on the rim there? No, no. I didn't really put a little bit of salt. What I did was is the agave nectar sometimes has when, it, when you're acting right. with all the different citruses. We'll have that little like kind of high pitch, little salty kind of finish to it, which is really kind of fun. Excellent. Beautiful. All right. So we left off talking about tequila. So Somalier Dave, we talked about Blanco, Joven, Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo. The similarities to bourbon and scotch in the barrels, very, very similar. Tequila Jerry, uh, Jerry Ciccone of Question Tequila. You have been now uh, with Question for, what, about two years? This is three, four years now. Time flies. Now, what, what is very unique is that I find your tequilas, and especially the, the Añejo, you can just have that as in a, in a snifter, just like a little cognac or brandy, and in and of itself, it's magnificent. A- absolutely, and it, it's fine to pair up with a fine cigar. I mean, that's, that's a perfect complement to a fine cigar. All right, Somalia Dave, you also brought some additional tequilas as well, so I'll let you go for our roster. Yeah, I'm very proud to represent 1800, which is distributed by Proximo Distributors, the Spirit Company. They have a plethora of other products. They have uh, the Three Olives Vodka and Kraken Spice Rum, but they also make a blend of Reposado, Añejo, and Extra Añejo that I brought for you. It's Maestro Dobel. It's named after the owner. It's a beautiful product that has been filtered clean. This is going to be dynamic for you. And that is a tequila. Oh, yes. Really? Looks like vodka. Yeah. In a way, sure, because it's clear. But it's a wonderful product that's been... uh, and filtered clean and jenny has just handed me a sample of it mixologist ryan is that uh that is the it? stuff that is and the maestro and, and that's three give me the blend. name again somebody maestro de bell maestro de bell it's a reposado añejo and extra añejo that's wow. been filtered clean that's smooth very 
Smooth. Nice warmth on the Very palate. delicious. A little bit of sweetness. They use a diamond filter on oh, great mix. Great mixability with that mm. one. That's really good stuff to play around with. Now, too. that's in a very small bottle. Is that all Well, this in? is a 375. No, it comes in a 750. Oh, it does 750. I had a seven, uh, 375. He drank the big one. Today. Somebody, Dave, I'll need a case of 750. <laughs> Deliver to Humidor 1-8 tomorrow, please. This stuff's dynamic. It's relatively affordable, too. It's only $45 for 750. All right, so we've got some of the lineup of the tequilas. Uh, mixologist Ryan, tell us, in addition to tr- trying these straight, give us a, uh, a roster or a listing of some of the concoctions you are working on. All right, well, a couple of the ones that we're going to be working with today. Uh, the first one is the uh, Coco Pino that we're going to be mixing up for you in just a little bit, where we take the uh, 1800 uh, coconut and mix that down with just a little bit of jalapeno-infused agave nectar. And a little fresh lime juice. And what do we call that? That's the Coco Pino. The Coco Pino. Yeah, that's going to be coming up to you in just a few. Okay, the Coco Pino, that's to start. Then what do we have? And then I um, you know, I, I, I had a feeling that you like things that might be a little smoky. So uh, A little, little tangy, a little, little bit tangy. of little personality on so, the palate. So I smoked some watermelon for you, and we're going to do a really nice uh, watermelon margarita. Now let me ask you, when you're getting the watermelon in your mouth and you had to puff and rotate, wasn't that a little difficult? It was very difficult. So that's why I threw it on a grill and char and char grilled it first and then actually let the uh, the, the watermelon put the uh, fire out and the smoke came up into it and that really took over the flavor. It's really kind of fun. I've never heard of that before. Either had I, but this sounds So tell nice. me how you did that. Did you slice the watermelon? Yeah, I sliced it up kind of like pizza and then rubbed it with a little bit of agave nectar and put them on the grill and uh, made sure it was a wood-fired grill. So then what happens is after a while, that watermelon starts to leak out the juice, will put out the fire, and then you get the smoke. Interesting. Yeah, it's very fun. And does it have a little sweetness, a little smokiness to it? A little sweetness, got some great smoke to it. And then I put a little bit of a black peppercorn in the agave nectar just to give it that little bite. It's really, really fun drink. Interesting. We'll, we'll give that a try. And uh, what are we calling that? Um, I already forgot. I, <laughs> why'd you give me tequila already? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, smoked it's the smoked melonrita. The smoked I gotta write this down. Smoked I mean smoked melonrita. The smoked melonrita. Yeah. I like that. Hazards the smoked, of the job. Yeah, hazards you. of the job, man. All right. And uh and what else are we are you gonna come? And then concoct? we're gonna do then we're gonna do just uh one straight up traditional margarita for you. The traditional margarita, and we got the traditional glass. We've got the uh, the salt rim ready, so we're uh, we're good to go on this side. When people <clears throat> associate tequila, or they think about tequila, they associate it with getting sick. They associate it with a bad trip to Mexico <laughs> or some of the one of the Caribbean islands. And I always find it amazing when I tell people we're going to do tequila or when I, I enjoy just tequila straight uh, in a snifter, they look at me and go, oh, and they take their hand to their head and go, oh, tequila, no. Everyone has a te- yes, bad tequila do. story. And I think part of the problem is, and tell me if you gentlemen agree, is that when you have a margarita, most of the time, first of all, it's a very sweet drink. Correct. It's like drinking candy. Right. Okay. You are... On vacation, you're in Mexico, you're in the Caribbean, you are uh, summertime, you're out in the sun, you don't realize how much alcohol is in the margarita, you're dehydrated, so what happens? You drink the margaritas like they're water, like they're bottled water, and then the next thing you know, you've had the equivalent of, uh, you know, six, eight, ten shots, half a bottle, 
You're not feeling too well. No, and that's the issue. It's the hydration plus you're over-drinking them. A little bit of food to start off your fun and party. If you want to do shots, you can do them, but do them with maybe like a Reposado and an Yeho. Those are very nice. They're aged properly, have a lot of flavor to them. But I would like you sip them with a nice cigar. You could do your shot, sipping it a couple, three, four sips. Perfect. You know, it's interesting because um, when I did a tequila tasting session over at the Betty Ford Center by the pool not too long ago, it was very interesting because I, I made sure that all the margaritas didn't have three, four shots. They just had about one and a half. That way exactly. people could space themselves. There you go. <laughs> Limit the alcohol initially. You should see what goes on at the Betty Ford pool. Well, I've got to tell you. Guess it's who's wild. there right now? I'm intrigued. Lindsay Lohan. No, she checked. She left she after six out? hours. Oh In and out. Six oh hours. Wouldn't she just go to the party and didn't leave? I, exactly. I mean, she. I, I told her, I said, look, I only come every three months to do a, uh, a spirit tasting. So I'm not scheduled there till I think, later in the summer after the cigar retailers convention but a lot of the tequila nightmares are they're drinking shots in a bar right. late at night just hammering out shots that's fine if you want to do it i would rather see people drink it more responsibly right. if you're going to drink margaritas drink a couple same of thing with a pina with colada exactly. people are, are are by the pool it's hot they're sweet they're refreshing you almost you don't taste the alcohol in no there. you don't it, it's like drinking a the equivalent of like a, a sugar flavored drink I mean, I'm I'm right. I'm just waiting for Bloomberg to start putting limits on how many margaritas and 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 uh, to, uh, uh, you just gave him an idea. Mojitos he's we can have. Now, yeah, now he's sure. going to start up. I'm going to be in New York in a couple of weeks. So I'm not going to be able to have one. Now. Well, that's an interesting seg. I don't know if you heard about this. Nope. There was a story that made the rounds yesterday about Bloomberg being denied a second slice of pizza at a. At a New York pizzeria, oh, a Brooklyn restaurant. Here, here's what it said. And this is very, very interesting. Uh, there was a story that appeared on Drudge. New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg was denied a second slice of pizza today at an Italian eatery in Brooklyn. The owner of Calegno's Pizzeria said they refused to serve him more than one piece to protest Bloomberg's proposed soda ban, which would limit the portions of soda sold in the city. He was in ha uh, having an informal working lunch with city controller John Lou at the time, was enraged by the embarrassing prohibition. The owners would not relent. The pair were forced to decamp to another restaurant to finish their meal. And again, I'm reading from this article that appeared yesterday in the Daily Current that Drudge picked up. So witnesses say the situation unfolded when, as the two were looking over budget documents, they realized they needed more food than originally ordered. Hey, could I get another pepperoni over here, Bloomberg asked owner Antonio Benito. I'm sorry, sir, he replied. We can't do that. You've reached your personal slice limit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this is classic. Wow. Bloomberg, not accustomed to being challenged, assumed that the owner was joking. Okay, and I can just hear him. Okay, that's funny, he remarked, because of the soda thing. No, come on, I'm not kidding. I haven't eaten all morning, just sent over another pepperoni. I'm sorry, sir, we're serious, the owner said. We've decided that eating more than one piece isn't healthy for you, and so we're forbidding you from doing it. Look, jackass, Bloomberg retorted, his anger boiling. I effing skipped breakfast this morning just so I could eat four slices of your pizza. Don't be a schmuck. Just get back to the kitchen and bring out some effing pizza, okay? I'm sorry, sir. There's nothing I can do, the owner said. Maybe you could go several restaurants to several restaurants and get one slice each. At least the way you're walking, you know you're burning calories. <laughs> Witnesses say a fuming Bloomberg and Bemuse Lou did indeed walk down the street to a rival pizzeria, order another slice, and finish their meeting. One little problem with that. It was phony. The Daily Current is a parody site. Oh, my goodness. So the Drudge Report... 
basically was uh, was scammed. Yeah. They were scammed exactly. So I mean, it was when I read it the first time I read it. I'm like, this is a classic. I have got to feature this tomorrow, even though we're talking about Cinco de Mayo exactly. tequila maneuvers. But when I read it, and I said, look, I know it's not true, but it's funny as hell. Because that really would put the guy in his place. Sure. But unfortunately, it is not true. I'm sh- This made the rounds on Facebook, on Twitter, on various sites. People thought it was the gospel truth. <laughs> and, uh, and then once they realized, uh, of course, only probably about... 20% of those that actually tweeted out the the, the story, the, the fake, you know, the, the original story, did a correction. Exactly. So it, it is a phony story. Never happened. It was a total fabrication uh, by the Daily Current, which is a set, uh, a set, uh, a site that does a lot of satire, and they fooled a lot of media. Sure, like the National Lampoon. Yeah, exactly. Ham- exactly. The, the one with the things. gigantic spider. Exactly. But I, I, wouldn't that be great if somebody said, I'm sorry, you've reached your personal slice limit? That would serve him right in any event. All right. So when we come back, we are going to sip a couple of individual of the various tequilas just sure. to get a little sample. Then we are going to go into our tequila concoction mixology maneuvers. We are going to start off with the Coco Pino, the smoked melonrita, and then the traditional margarita. And in the next hour, we're going to be talking about the Kentucky Derby. Today is the 2013 Kentucky Derby and also the 40th anniversary of Secretariat winning the Kentucky Derby, the first race as he went on to win the Triple Crown. Greatest racehorse of all time, in my humble, well, not so humble opinion. So we're going to replay the uh, the original 1973 race with Secretariat and... What are they all drinking up in Kentucky today? Mint juleps. Mint juleps. I do declare a mint julep. <laughs> and we're going to be joined by a very special guest who is joining us uh, later on, Mr. S.B. Buckner Jr., who will be talking about the Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony. You are going to want to stick around for that. Lieutenants, we will go to the phones at 877-DAVE-007, 877-328-3007. We are celebrating Cinco de Mayo with our Cinco de Mayo tequila and libation concoction tasting maneuvers with Somalia Dave, Mixologist Ryan, and Tequila Jerry of Question Tequila. Cigars, spirits, diversions, dames, and the alpha male good life. The Cigar Dave Dave Show. True excellence endures even as taste and fashions change. In the world of luxury cigars, the bold new H. Upman Legacy embodies this legendary brand's true excellence in a stylish contemporary cigar. To smoke an H. Upman Legacy is to experience a modern legacy. A modern legacy that begins with select leaves from the excellent 2008 vintage. Leaves cultivated from seeds prized by growers for generations. A dark mountain-grown Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper highlights the robust blend. Flawless craftsmanship and H. Upman Hallmark is evident in Legacy. Created by the loving hands of dedicated artisans, Legacy is a vibrant, complex, fuller-bodied smoke favored by today's connoisseur. Experience a modern Legacy, H. Upman Legacy, true excellence in a cigar crafted for today. Visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Cigar Life. Surgeon General Warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility fertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. That can only mean one thing this time of year. The NFL draft is behind us. Next up, the 2013 Cigar Draft. Saturday, May 18th. It will be held front and center from noon to 2 Eastern time right here on the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network, your opportunity to select your favorite cigar. What cigar will be taken number one? Will there be new cigars? Will there be any last-minute trades? Will people move down or move up? It is always high drama on Cigar Draft, and that is next a correction. Saturday, May 18th, easy to remember that date because that is the birthday of Cigar Sister and Chandelier, the VP of Marketing of J.C. Newman Cigar. So Saturday, May 18th, two weeks from today, lieutenants, it is Cigar Draft 2013. Here's how you can participate, two ways. You can either, number one, call us during the draft, 877-DAVE-007, noon to 2, or... You can email me, or this year we're going to do a third way. You can send tweets, live streaming tweets, or even ahead of time of what your draft selection will be. So email, special email address, draft, D-R-A-F-T, at CigarDave.com. And we ask that you give us your selection and be specific as possible. The name of the cigar, the type wrapper, the size that you enjoy, and if you would be kind enough to also include a daytime phone number that we can reach you at so that we can get you on if you are available Saturday, May 18th, noon to 2 Eastern time doing Cigar Draft. All that information we would greatly appreciate. You don't want to put your phone number down? That's not a problem, but just give us your first name so at least we can credit you and where you are uh, emailing us from so that we can give you proper accolades and proper credits. Also, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. We will be having our Twitter feed going nonstop, I'm sure, during Cigar Draft and even ahead of time. So multiple ways that you can participate. Jeff Borshowitz will be one of our expert color commentators, the owner of Corona Cigars in Orlando. This is, I think, his fourth year that he is uh, front and center in our Draft Central headquarters. Always a highlight of the year. Let us now re-welcome Somalia Dave. 
We have got uh, Tequila Jerry Ciccone of Question Tequila, and we've got Mixologist Ryan, our Mixologist-in-Chief. Now, Mixologist Ryan, what is up next? <clears throat> well, we are going to start off with tasting some of these wonderful tequilas. Beautiful. So, what is the first one that's we're going to First enjoy? one coming up for you is going to be the Question Blanco, and I'll let uh, Tequila uh, Jerry talk about it. concoction. All right, this is the first. It's not really a concoction. It's pretty much straight up, although you concoct it, uh, Jerry. Yeah, it's Don? it's it's got a, a, a sweet uh, white peppery taste. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. It's got a sweet white peppery taste uh, and a nice uh, aftertaste. It's uh, best Ooh, way to nice. try Yeah, best way to taste this, you know. More it's, flavor it's, than vodka. It's neat. Yeah, more flavor than vodka. Absolutely. You could probably also marinate any sort of food, sure chicken, steak, in tequila. And overnight, and then put it on the grill. You have a nice little uh, unique taste to the to the food. Yeah, absolutely. Tequila can be used in a lot a lot more things than than mm. most people know about. <laughs> Very good. Now, what is the suggested retail on this uh, blanco? This blanco, uh, blanco. Uh, about uh, about thirty two, thirty three dollars. All right. Now, next up, we have the uh, Question Reposado, brought to you by the uh, lovely Jenny. All right. Hang on. The Question. Tequila Reposado. Cigar Day Cinco de Mayo Libationary Concoction. Mm. Now, I noticed this as I put them next to each other. This is very similar. It's got a very light straw hue, but it's it's not dark at all. No, it's not. We aged that uh, six months in, in the oak barrel. It has a nice floral aroma uh, of caramel. You get hints of caramel, vanilla, and spice. And uh, th- that's obviously smoother. Definitely a difference. Yes. I'm going to take the 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 blanco. Mm. Taste the reposado. Wow, a little bit more oomph. Yeah, on the palate. Here comes a li- here comes a little more oomph with the añejo. Well, we're going to wait on that. We're going to wait for the añejo. But first up, let's say hello to. Stephen in the Cigar City, listening on our flagship 970 WFLA. You are front and center. Hola, back at you. <laughs> uh, in, in English, long ashes. Back at you. Uh, I called for two reasons. The primary reason was that uh, some months ago you had a you read a magnificent recipe for uh, mint juleps, and considering that the Kentucky Derby is coming up. We're, I thought it would be really neat if uh, you posted that on your website. Well, Steve, you are talking about the letter from uh, to General Connor from S.B. Buckner Jr. of talking about the Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony, I believe. Right. Okay, we have, we're have we already on it. In fact, Mr. Buckner Jr. will be joining us at the bottom of the next hour, so stay tuned for that. All right, so we have sampled a Blanco tequila. A Reposado tequila. We started off with our Cinco de Mimosa. We learned a little bit about tequila. We've got much more mixology and Cinco de Mayo tasting maneuvers ahead. We've got Somalia Dave Cavanis. We have got mixologist Ryan. We have got tequila Jerry Ciccone from Question Tequila. And we have the lovely Jenny, who is assisting us in Humidor 1A. It is a Cinco de Mayo party. Have a chip, have some salsa, and have some tequila. Hour 2 is next. This, this is CCRN. The Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network.
Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. The foremost authority on the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames, the good life, and celebrating fine occasions. And I would say that Cinco de Mayo would qualify as a fine occasion, if not a celebratory occasion. Just like St. Patty's Day. May not be Irish, I may not be Mexican, but I'm not going to waste a prime opportunity to have fun, light a cigar, have a libation, enjoy great delicacies, and have a good time. We are not here for a long time. We are here for a good time. And today, in this remaining hour of our Cinco de Mayo special edition of the Cigar Dave Show, we will continue with Somalia Dave Cavanis, mixologist Ryan, Tequila Jerry Ciccone of Question Tequila, and the lovely Jenny as we enjoy tequila and all sorts of tequila-related concoctions. Welcome back, hour number two, a long-ash cha-cha-cha, snappy salute, semper delictatio, always pleasure. I should probably, who knows Spanish here? Anybody know Spanish in the... Uh, swear at me. Oh, always pleasure. Always yeah. pleasure in, in Spanish. Uh, that's one I don't know. Okay. Well, we're going to have to go to Google Translate. So uh, yeah, we're gonna have to we, do that. we will do uh, that. Amor. Love. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> Good try, Tequila Jerry. Good try. Uh, I think you may have to go back for remedial Spanish if you go back to Mexico and uh, start picking agave plants. I took Latin. It doesn't work. All right. Uh Lieutenants, as always, we invite you to join us on the Alpha Male Pleasure Conversational Maneuvers at 877-DAVE-007, 877-328-3007. Somalia Dave, love your sombrero. Oh, yeah. And uh, now let me ask you, when you immigrated to the United States illegally about 30 years ago, (laughs) did you wear that hat going underneath the tunnel? Of course. Of the Rio Grande? Of course. I'm small (laughs) enough to do it, yes. I'll tell you what, every time I see that uh, the sombrero, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, number one is Chris Berman from ESPN, always calling Tampa Stadium the big sombrero because it kind of looked like a sombrero. Exactly. And a very good friend of mine, Chris Thomas, who was a former sportscaster in Baltimore and here in Tampa for many years, and also one of our colleagues or my colleagues at uh, the sister station to our flagship, uh, uh, 970 WFLA. He was uh, uh, did mornings from 9 a.m. to noon. On 620 WDAE, the sports animal, for many years, passed away a number of years ago. But on Friday nights, he would always put on his big sombrero when doing oh, high school football reports yeah. and always had a great time. And so I always think about, in fact, I think there's a sombrero uh, still in sitting in yeah. the WDAE uh, Sports Radio uh, 620 studios. But in any event, the sombrero is you, Samadhi Dave. Looks <laughs> Thank good. You. Thank looks, you. Looks very good. Came in character today. It really did. <laughs> now, today, lieutenants, we are celebrating Cinco de Mayo. And when you think about Cinco de Mayo, first of all, you think about Mexican food. So we've got our chips and salsa and, you know, you can make uh, all sorts of other uh, Mexican-related delicacies, but uh, fajitas, whatever you want. But we specifically are talking today about tequila and some Cinco de Mayo-related 
libations and concoctions. And mixologist Ryan, you have done a magnificent job. Now, we left off. We sampled the Question, uh, started with the... Blanco. Blanco, which means white in Spanish. Yes. Correct. Then we move to the Reposado. Ah, very nice. Reposado. Nice roll. Reposado. You got to have a roll. The Reposado, which is very uh, very light in color, almost a light straw uh, color. A little bit more flavor because you age it six months in American oak barrels. That's correct. Now we're moving to the Añejo, which means age. In fact, there's an Arturo Fuente Añejo. Oh, beautiful. And they actually take the wrapper, and the uh, the wrapper is age. Connecticut Broadleaf, broadleaf wrapper is age in old cognac barrels. Oh, perfect. It's a very, very uh, a unique cigar, very unique taste. And again, Añejo means aged. Right. So that is exactly what we will be enjoying now. So, Tequila Jerry, tell me about the Cuestión Añejo. Well, we age that about 18 months, and uh, that has a, uh, a flavor of uh, dark chocolate, caramel, citrus, and clove. And uh, you can enjoy that uh, uh, neat on the rocks or with a splash of uh, mineral water. Now, I'm, the first thing I always do whenever you're going to enjoy a libation is use your sense of smell. So now I am taking the snifter with the Blanco. Relative, slight sweetness, but, but very docile. Then I'm going to the Reposado. A little bit more flavor because of the barrel. Now when I go to the Añejo, very, very aromatic. Yes. Very nice sweetness, nice notes. Mm, very pleasant. I will say cheers or... Uh, hola. Salud. No, no hola, <laughs> o, o, hola is hello, isn't it? Viva. Salud. Hello. Viva Mexico. See. Si. <laughs> mm. That is smooth. That is like yeah. drinking... Very nice cognac or some super aged single malt scotch. Yeah, and and one other thing uh, with the agave plants, we age them. Mm. Uh, the agave plants are about ten years old before we we harvest them. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more time than just the eighteen. So months the goes the, into the, the it. plant actually grows ten years yes. before sure. you cut it down. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to keep replanting. So the, the, whatever you plant today. Won't be used for 10 years? That's correct. Well, won't be we, harvested we have, for 10 years so by time. We have a lot of you plants. You age in that might be That 15. is incredible. Because cigar tobacco every year, I mean, you grow and it's done in three yeah. months, ready to be harvested, and then you age it for a few years, yeah. two, three, four years. But with I didn't realize that. So with the agave plant, it takes 10 years till maturation. Correct. Well, uh, there's some there's some companies that will, will age maybe right. two to three years. Uh, we try to stay uh, as close to the 10-year uh, mark right. as possible, and we use a Blue Weber agave. Now, what so. happens if you'd use a five-year-old agave plant? Uh, it's not going to – you're probably not going to have all the flavor. It won't be a quality. Yeah, right. it won't be a, a you mix quality. It, put in some margarita. Right. It's It'd be a good mixer. Sure. Interesting, I just received a tweet from uh, Lieutenant Thomas, and he says, Why the hell are you celebrating May 5th? It has nothing to do with the USA. The Irish came legally. The Mexicans are invading. Well, Because it's a party. Uh, we are, we are exactly. It's a party. And, and listen, we're celebrating because the French got their asses kicked. Exactly. And whenever a Frenchman gets their, their, their ass kicked, we have to celebrate that. Because let's face it, what have the French done of anything significant. Okay, maybe the French fry, the French kiss, but French the French toast. Yeah, the French, French toast. toast. <laughs> but that's it. What else? What else? I mean, sure, they're experts in retreating and surrendering. They exactly. have mastered the market, the corner of the market on that. But look, we are just celebrating. I am totally against the 11 million illegals that have gotten here. And I, that's a, a topic 
for another day because the immigration reform bill, you know, there ought to be a law. I was thinking about this. The Obamacare is like 16,000 pages, started off as like 5,000, now it's like 16,000. And then the immigration bill, which really should be, when you think about it, maybe like 10 pages, Mm -hmm. is what, 3,000 pages now Mm -hmm. or 1,500 pages? There ought to be a law. No law should be more than 10 double-spaced pages. If it's more than that, you got too much junk in there, (laughs) get rid of it. Right. And for every new law that you enact... Take one law's got to go. Correct. Right. This is just ridiculous. But we're not, listen, we in no way, shape, or form do I condone any illegal immigrants, whether they're from Mexico, they're from any other country. I think you got to come here fairly and squarely. And I think that there are a lot of administrations that can uh, be blamed for this. Certainly the taxocrats want as many illegals so that they're beholden to them. But uh, we are not going to allow that. But we are just celebrating the fact that it's a party, just like St. Paddy's Day. We're not Irish, but we celebrate the fact that it's a party. And it makes for an enjoyable show where we can enjoy some fine tequila and some fine concoctions. I agree wholeheartedly with you on that one. Samadhi Dave, of course you're going to agree, because you love coming in every single day. Exactly. I bring some great tequilas, my tequilas. From yeah, now let's talk about your tequilas before we move on here. Well, the 1800 is from the Beckman family, who have um, initiated a tequila that was first produced as 100% tequila, and that was back in 1800. They had the brand name as Cuervo 1800, and they pulled the Cuervo name off of it. This family also owns Cuervo. They put out a plethora of tequila. It's all family-owned estates and all that. They have Highland Vineyards, or they'll have Lowland Vineyards, and you go from Silver, Reposado, and Yeho. They have the Maestro Dobel that has some extra Añejo in it. Just a really nice portfolio that goes uh, from the aging of rusted up to six months, a year, all the way up to three years. Some of their tequilas are aged. Well, give me a sample. You got it. They're coming. Let's do a sample. And And here we go. To Jerry's point, though, if you take a product, put it in the ground, then you age it for 10 years, then it goes into a barrel for another three years, that's expensive. When you think about it, look at the price point you're really paying for this it's outrageous right. it's really for the quality for the quality what, you're, what yeah. you're getting Absolutely. this is probably some of the best value spirits that you're gonna money can buy well and people don't think of having them in and of themselves right they think right. oh let's make a margarita when you can enjoy these and that's As why i say is. do a vertical tasting lieutenants correct go out pick i don't care pick six different tequilas get 10 people together each chip in 20 bucks and just pick six tequilas you'll get six that'll fit your budget Buy some steaks, get a couple of, get a cigar for everyone, and make a night of it. Sure. It's a night of entertainment, and you really become informed, and your knowledge will will grow, will become far more vast, and you will find that you'll enjoy the spirit that much more. Oh, sure. Well, that's the way you should do it. Like we've talked about the, whether wines or scotches or bourbons, you know, that's what you really do create some camaraderie go back and forth talk about it become your own expert why do you depend on someone else to tell you what to do let your palate let your palate do the tasting now this is that i'm going to sample right now 1800 is the 1800 silver silver now this would be their blanco yes they you could call it blanco platino but they call it silver all right here we go cigar day cinco de mayo libationary concoction now, the aroma on my nose, a little more pungent mm-hmm. than the Question Blanco. Yeah, this is going to be aged in oak barrels for about 15 days. Oh, so it is aged in oak. 15 days. Now, Jerry, yours are not. Well, it's, it's a they small probably, period of time. Yeah. Small yeah. period of time. Okay. Yeah. 
So but not just, long enough to be arrested. Right. Or, so, gotcha. So when it's distilled, it doesn't immediately go into a metal vat. It no. goes 15 days right. into it. They into a do 15 days, kind of hmm. get a little bit of flavor, settle the... Now, here's what I'm going to do. I've got mm-hmm. in my left hand the Question mm-hmm. Blanco. I've got in my right hand the 1800 Silver. And this is a great way to do a vertical tasting. Correct. So you Absolutely. can compare apples to apples. So let me take the Question. Smooth, very nice. Bit of sweetness. Take the 1800 Silver. A little bolder on the palate. Mm-hmm. Interesting how you can discern yeah, the notes. It's great. This has a little bit more peppery note mm-hmm. to it. Whereas... The Question uh, Blanco is a little bit sweeter. Yes. And so that very could be where they're growing their pinas versus yeah. where right. the Beckmans are growing theirs. And terroir. It goes back to terroir. And both both uh, both Question and the 1800, magnificent packaging. Jerry, oh, you've got beautiful. an inverted question mark with uh, uh, the bottom of the question mark where you put the little period is a beautiful dark brown um, wood top. And then the 1800 is a very elegant bottle. Yeah, classy finish. I mean, finish no question it. about it. Suggested retail somebody uh, day for the 1800 silver. Right now it's around 24.99. They're discounting it down in some markets because of Cinco de Mayo for around 21.99. Very affordable. Okay, 21.99. And uh, tequila, Jerry, your question blanco. About 32.99. 32. So a little bit more artisanal yes. uh, type of tequila. Mm-hmm. So 32.99, 21.99. Yeah. Very, very nice. Now, uh, mixologist Ryan, you have just turned the bottle upside down. Yes, I was throwing to show you that uh, at the with the eighteen hundred, they have a, like a shot glass basically at the top. If you turn it upside down, that's supposed to be a perfect shot of tequila for you to start your day off with. I did not realize that. That yeah. is very cool, very interesting. And all the eighteen hundred bottles are like that. Swanee yes, Dave? yes, they are. That is very what little trick. Mixologist Ryan, that's why you are our resident mixologist. <laughs> In case you don't take a shot glass, you are with DM. Our do- you are right. doctor of mixology maneuvers. Our DM. I like it. Excellent. All right. Lieutenants, we shall continue. We're going to go to the phones. 877-DAVE-007-877-328-3007. We have many more tasting maneuvers regarding tequila and some tequila concoctions. Bottom of the hour, we will be doing a little bit of a Kentucky Derby preview. And we'll also be making a uh, a special mint julep. And we will be joined by a very genteel Southern gentleman, Mr. S.B. Buckner Jr., as he discusses his Buckner Mint Julep ceremony. Your passport to pleasure. The Cigar Dave Show. The General pontificates 24-7 on Twitter at Cigar Dave Show. or transmission of today's Cigar Dave Show continues Cinco de Mayo tasting maneuvers. Well, it's only appropriate we play the song Tequila since we're enjoying tequila tasting maneuvers today as we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Let us go to Ron up in Albany, the crumbling empire state. You are front and center. Well, guys, just to you, General. Back at you, Ron. Mile to your guest. 
And uh, I seen you on uh, Leo Laporte when you gave him a box of uh, cigars. That's right. Leo Laporte, who hosts uh, Twit uh, TV. the Twit TV and the Tech Guy. That is correct. I visited him several weeks ago out at his studios in Petaluma, California. And uh, he was very gracious, a wonderful host. And I, I brought him some very fine uh Cigars. I gave him some. I think Questeray. Well, I gave him some Questeray uh, Centrofinos. That, yeah, he uh, talked about it for a couple of days. But uh, my question is, is that uh, you know uh, why can't we buy uh, uh, Cuban cigars? And you give me an, uh, give me a good recommendation on a on a Cuban tobacco with a Connecticut Connecticut wrapper, if there, if there is such a thing. I'd like to try. Okay. That. First of all, number one, why can't we buy Cuban cigars? Because of the embargo that President Kennedy signed back uh, in 1962. So that's the reason we still have that embargo today. One interesting note, Kennedy loved the Cuban uh, H. Upman Petit Coronas. Before he signed the embargo, he had Pierre Salinger, his press secretary, go out and buy every H. Upman Petit Corona he could find in Washington. I think two or 3,000 cigars. I'm sure. Today, that would be called insider trading. Right. So anybody that says, oh, President Kennedy was so honorable, well, you know, he uh, had inside information and he traded on that. I'll let you be the judge of whether you think that's kosher or not. You got it. All right. That's the first thing. Second thing is there is no such thing as a Cuban cigar with Connecticut shade wrapper. However, there are Cuban seed uh, there's tobacco grown from Cuban seeds originally that came from Cuba that are now grown in Ecuador or Honduras or Nicaragua. Sure, that's what I thought. I don't know if yeah. the ground is the same or not. but Well, let me tell you, uh, I, I will be very candid. I think that the Dominican, Honduran, Nicaraguan cigars, even the cigars made in Miami, are far better than anything coming out of Cuba. The oh, really? C- absolutely. You have to remember, Nick Perdomo always says this, Cubans do make the best cigars. They just don't live in Cuba anymore. <laughs> and he That's is true. Nick uses that line all the time and That's he is true. 100% correct. And and you have to remember when people talk, "Oh, I love Cuban cigars." They're thinking of pre uh, Castro 1959 when the Menendez family did make the Ache Upman and made Monte Cristo and Romeo y Julieta and and uh, all the other brands uh, Trinidad, all those other brands that were made back in Cuba. They were excellent, but no longer. So, what you're seeing today People that say, oh, I only smoke Cuban cigars that live here in the U.S., well, they're, they fall into one of two categories. Either they're, they're what I call bragged, uh, uh, um, braggadociers, if you will, where they love to brag, oh, I only get these from a friend of a friend who knows Castro personally. B.S. All right? Or you get people that want to show off to say, oh, I only smoke Cuban cigars. And I guarantee you, if you gave them two cigars, one Cuban... One Dominican or a Honduran put the same band around them, I will guarantee you they'll look at the Dominican and say, now this is what I'm talking about. This is a great Cuban cigar. And they will rate the Dominican or Honduran or Nicaraguan cigar far better than the Cuban cigar. That I can guarantee. So there are great cigars out there. Just depends what you want. And uh, tell you what, I'm going to send you out some nice cigars. I'll send you out some Rocky Patel Vintage 99 Connecticut's that I know that you will enjoy. So stand by, the nice mild flavored cigar. It is coming your way, uses a Connecticut uh, shade wrapper. Lieutenants, when we come back, we'll talk Kentucky Derby and continue Cinco de Mayo maneuvers. Alpha male conversational maneuvers continue on the, on the Cigar Dave Show.
mine and dandelion wine. I've turned the corner and I'm doing fine. Shooting at the birds on the telephone line. Picking them off with this gun of mine. Got a fire in my belly and a fire in my head. Going higher and higher till I'm dead. Sister Sue is short and stout. She didn't grow up, she grew out. Mama says she's plain, but she's just being kind. Papa thinks she's pretty, but he's almost blind. Don't let her out much except at night. But I don't care, cause I'm alright. Oh, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. Young folks roll on the floor. Well, today is the 2013 Kentucky Derby, and we're going to do a little slight preview, talk about some of the horses that uh, I'm going to be favoring, talk a little bit about the race, and this marks the 40th anniversary of a very special Kentucky Derby. It is when, in 1973, the greatest horse of them all, Secretariat, won the first leg of the Triple Crown back at uh, Louisville Downs in uh, Louisville, Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. What a great horse. Absolutely incredible. And he set the record, which remains today, 159 and a fourth. 159 and a fourth to run the Kentucky Derby. So it is certainly uh, a record that stands today. And ESPN in 1999 ranked Secretariat the 35th best athlete of the 20th century, the highest-ranking racehorse on the list. Phenomenal horse, and I remember as a kid, I was nine years old watching him, and he was really, what was amazing is, on the and we've got the call of the race that we'll play here momentarily, but I don't know if you gentlemen, Samadhi Dave or Mixologist Ryan or, or Tequila Jerry, if you remember that race, he started almost in the back of the pack, and there was a, a horse that led most of the way by the name of Shecky Green. <laughs> Named after the comedian, which I love. And you'll hear the race. Shecky Green on the outside of the Tell rail makes jokes. his move. Here comes Shecky. I'm thinking maybe I'll buy a racehorse and call him Andrew Dice Clay. Exactly. And here comes That'd Andrew awesome. Dice Clay at the top of the backstretch. So uh, a Shecky Green led most of the way. And then all of a sudden, Secretariat figures, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to kick it in. And about maybe halfway starts kicking it in and then just took it by about three lengths, never looked back. And I will never forget that Belmont. He won, I think, by 24, 25 mm-hmm. lengths. I mean, sure. it was, wasn't was even close. Incredible. Interesting story about uh, Secretariat. He was a phenomenal horse, and he was a beautiful-looking horse. When he, uh, he actually was, I think, 19 years of age when they had to uh, euthanize him because he had a uh, problem with his hoof. And... Uh, like an infection of the hoof that just doesn't heal. But when they did a necro- uh, necropsy, the equivalent of an autopsy, when the veterinarian, when they looked at his heart, uh, at the time of his death, uh, Dr. Thomas Swerzik, who was the uh, head pathologist at the University of Kentucky, uh, when they l- uh, looked at his heart, 
And I'm quoting, we just stood there in stunned silence. We couldn't believe it. The heart was perfect. There were no problems with it. It was just this huge engine. Turns out that Secretariat had a heart that was almost three times larger than the average thoroughbred racehorse. And they think it goes back to, they call it the X factor, which is passed down primarily through the mother's line. And it goes back to uh, one of his uh, ancestors uh, called Eclipse. So very interesting how uh, and it goes back, you know, way back in the bloodline. And again, when they looked at the heart three times, the average heart of a horse, I believe, weighs, I want to get the exact weight here. Uh, let me see here. Weighs about uh, ten, nine pounds, eight, nine pounds. Secretariat's horse weighed 22 pounds. Wow. That's Perfect amazing. machine. Wow. Sure. So that's, that's why, awesome. I mean, when he he didn't even look back. Just yeah. an amazing looking horse. And today in the Kentucky Derby, it's interesting. It just crept up on us this year. I, I don't know about you, but, you know, normally there's all this buildup before the race. I didn't see any this year. There wasn't much. It just snuck up. Yeah, I don't think there was any phenomenal horse in the race that everybody's been talking about. Well, let's do a little preview here because I have done my research. So let me go over some of the horses. Now, the the horse that I am going to favor today, which right now the current odds are, I'm going to update this because I want to get the exact current odds here to make sure that I give you correct information, 7-1 to for Normandy Invasion. (laughs) Now, that horse alone, how can you not root for a horse you named Normandy Invasion. I think that's a tribute to everyone that participated in World War II, to uh, every American that sacrificed. That's a great name, Normandy yep, Invasion. Great name. Great. And a very uh, interesting horse. There's some other horses. There's Revolutionary, which is going off at 10 to 1. Normandy Invasion started the week at 12 to 1, now a 7 to 1 uh, uh, odds. And in 2013, has won $208,000. And it has a, uh, let's see, two starts, and it is, uh, I think it's won one or two. Um, actually, there's no victories of note, but it's won a couple of races. And they say that he's a peaking horse with four straight good races. He's had two second-place finishes in a row, and he is bred to handle the mile and a quarter. So we will see if this colt is able to do it. Some of the other horses that are the favorites, there's Gold Sense, which is right now, I believe, the favorite going off at, uh, let me get the exact uh, number here, because it changes so dramatically. Earlier in the week, it was 5-1, to and I want to get... Uh, gold sense here. Wait a minute. Let me find out here because there's a whole bunch at the starting gate here. But it, it earlier in the week was a five to one favorite. Revolutionary now is five to one, and I am not seeing gold sense, and I don't know why I'm not seeing gold sense. But let me see if I can find it here. Maybe the odds have gone up, or maybe the horse was scratched. We'll find out here. Wait a minute. Uh, gold sense now has gone up to seven to one. Wow! So started off as an early favorite, and now Norman, now gone, uh, Normandy yeah. Invasion has uh, has actually got better odds. Uh, it's my lucky day, fifteen to one. You got to love that uh, that name. There's Falling Sky going off one. at fifty to one. Verrazano, Verrazano right now is the uh, I believe the odds on favorite. Earlier in the week, it was four to one, and again they don't have everything. I've got a. Uh, move my mouse to actually get the correct here. Now it's up to nine to one. So now no, no longer the favorite. So it's interesting how things change mm-hmm, also yeah. based upon the betting, pole, the yeah, weather, betting pole no. position. Uh, here's another one. Frack daddy. What a name for that one. Frack daddy. <laughs> nice. uh, somebody be must be in with us. Yeah, well, it must be in, in uh, the fracking business. So uh, today's running certainly is always interesting. The mile and a quarter is always a fun event. I always get amused seeing all these, 
society folks and these women with these big hats looking rather goofy who don't know the difference between a head's uh, a head's head or a horse's head and a horse's ass. But they're there front and center looking yeah, good. And I fashion. guarantee you if they said, we're going to take you to winner's circle so you can pet the horse, they'd probably pet the the, the, the horse's ass because they couldn't tell the difference between the head and the rear. Well, that's because they're blinded by that hat. They're blinded by the hat. That's certainly one of the reasons. No question about it. So Secretariat, 40 years ago in the 1973 Triple Crown, goes on to his first victory of three in the Triple Crown. And I think it's only appropriate that we play that. And then we're going to enjoy a celebratory mint julep in his memory and in his honor. So here is the call of the race on CBS 1973, Churchill Downs, Louisville, Kentucky. And they're off for the lead. On the inside, that's Angolite for the lead. On the outside, Shecky Green, Royal and Regal. Then on the rail, it's Restless Jet. Followed by our natives, up on the outside is Gold Bag. They're by the stands for the first time. Chucky Green is showing the way by a length and a half. Royal and Regal now being moved to the inside, looking for room. Gold Bag is up on the outside. Then on the rail, it's Angolite, followed by Sham, our native, Restless Jet. It's my gallant, then Forgo. On the outside, Navajo, followed by Secretariat, Warbucks, and finally, twice a prince. They're moving on the turn. The leader is Shecky Green leading by two and a half lengths. Goldbag is second by a head. Sham now third on the outside by two lengths. Royal and Regal fourth. Two lengths then back to Angle Light in fifth. The Secretariat has made a sudden move and is now sixth. Then it's Restless Jet, our native beginning to move up. Navajo, Borgo, and Warbucks beginning to move up. Followed by Mike Gallup and twice a prince. They're into the turn and bunching for the lead with Shecky Green still the leader by a half a length. On the outside and challenging is Sham and he's now got a head in front. Now Shecky Green responds to the challenge and those two are heads apart. Royal and Regal is third and holding on. Goldback drops back. Secretariat is fourth and moving up on the outside and is now third and moving at the leaders as they come for the head of the stretch. They're at the head of the stretch and Sham is the leader. He leads it by a length. Secretariat is in the center of the racetrack and driving. Jackie Green now drops back. Coming on a bit is Forgo, our native on the outside. Now and they're in the stretch. It's sec Secretariat. Secretariat on the outside to take the lead. Sham holding in second. It's Secretariat moving away. He has it by two and a half. Sham then on the outside, our native. At the wire, it's going to be Secretariat. He wins it by two lengths. Sham is second. Our native third by an inch. Forgo is fourth. Restless Jet is fifth. The great secretariat, he goes away, and again, if you watch the video of the race, and I will tweet out uh, a link to that video, it's amazing, because he was way at the back of the pack, Shecky Green was leading most of the way, and then all of a sudden, secretariat turned on that giant heart, and away he went coasted and the rest is history the winner of the triple crown i don't believe we'll ever see a horse as great as secretariat now lieutenants one of the things that's associated with the kentucky derby of course is the mint julep it is a cocktail certainly associated with the the south the southern united states as well as the kentucky derby the official libation of the kentucky derby it is made with four ingredients mint leaf bourbon sugar and water, and traditionally in the southern states in Kentucky, they use spearmint for their mint. But it's not just as simple as making a 
putting the four ingredients. It is an art form. So we have are fortunate in that we have Mr. S.B. Buckner Jr., who back in the early 1930s was famous for the Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony, and we welcome him now on The Cigar Dave Show. Good afternoon. I'm S.B. Buckner Jr., and I receive many letters from people inquiring about the Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony. I recently received one from General Connor, and I'd like to share my reply with you. March 30th, 1937. My dear General Connor, your letter requesting my formula for mixing mint juleps leaves me in the same position in which Captain Barber found himself when asked how he was able to carve the image of an elephant from a block of wood. He replied that it was a simple process, consisting merely of whittling off the part that didn't look like an elephant. The preparation of the quintessence of gentlemanly beverages can be described only in like terms. A mint julep is not the product of a formula. It is a ceremony and must be performed by a gentleman possessing a true sense of the artistic, a deep reverence for the ingredients, and a proper appreciation of the occasion. It is a right that must not be entrusted to a novice, a statistician, or heaven forbid a Yankee. It is a heritage of the Old South, an emblem of hospitality, and a vehicle in which noble minds can travel together upon the flower-strewn paths of happy and congenial thought. So far as the mere mechanics of the operation are concerned, the procedure, stripped of its ceremonial embellishments, can be described as follows. Go to a spring where cool, crystal-clear water bubbles from under a bank of dew-washed ferns in a consecrated vessel. Dip up a little water at the source. Follow the stream through its banks of green moss and wildflowers until it broadens and trickles through beards of mint, growing in aromatic profusion and waving softly in the summer breezes. Gather the sweetness and tenderest shoots and gently carry them home. Go to the sideboard and select a decanter of Kentucky bourbon distilled by a master hand, mellowed with age yet still vigorous and inspiring. An ancestral sugar bowl, a row of silver goblets, some spoons and some ice, and you are ready to start. In a canvas bag, pound twice as much ice as you think you'll need. Make it fine as snow, keep it dry, and do not allow it to degenerate into slush. In each goblet, put a slightly heaping teaspoonful of granulated sugar. 
barely cover this with spring water and slightly bruise one mint leaf into this, leaving the spoon in the goblet. Then pour elixir from the decanter until the goblets are about one-fourth full. Fill the goblets with snowy ice, sprinkling in a small amount of sugar as you fill. Wipe the outside of the goblets dry and embellish copiously with mint. Then comes the important and delicate operation of frosting. By proper manipulation of the spoon, the ingredients are circulated and blended until nature, wishing to take a further hand and add another of its beautiful phenomena, encrusts the whole in a glittering coat of white frost. Thus harmoniously blended by the deft touches of a skilled hand, you have a beverage eminently appropriate for honorable men and beautiful genteel southern women. When all is ready, assemble your guests on the porch, in the garden, or at your plantation, where the aroma of the juleps will rise heavenward and make the birds sing. Propose a worthy toast. Raise the goblet to your lips. Bury your nose in the mint. Inhale a deep breath of its fragrance and sip the nectar of the gods. I'd like to continue, sir, but I now am being overcome by overwhelming thirst. I can write no further. Sincerely yours, S.B. Buckner, Jr. The great S.B. Buckner, Jr., back from 1937, right off of his plantation. After that, there's only one thing for us to do. Kentucky Derby Mint Julep Mixology Maneuvers. Mixologist Ryan, if you will, please. All right. Well, we we did have to make a uh, mint julep. So yes, we got, indeed. We got a little bit of bourbon in there, just like the gentleman said. Uh, nice little two ounces of uh, the Angel's Envy. A little bit of uh, simple fine sugar. And a uh, nice uh, helping amount of spare mint. Crushed up ice. Uh, stirred very nicely and uh, very delicately and for you to enjoy. Now, do you muddle the mint? I, I don't. I you like don't. to stir mine because what you do is if you, you slap the mint and you, you give it the expression, uh, you break up the oils and then throw it in there and give it a stir, it's beautiful. Well, this is magnificent. I don't let think me... you need to muddle, personally. No, I'm not a sip. fan of muddlers. Oh, this Yankee does declare it is cool and refreshing. It is quite nice. Yes. Now... At the Kentucky Derby, they're selling a $1,000 mint julep, <laughs> Woodford Reserve, which is the official uh, bourbon, one of the official bourbons of the Kentucky Derby. One of their sister bourbons is the primary bourbon. But for the upscale bourbon, Woodford Reserve, $1,000. It comes in a classic julep cup done in pewter with embellish, embellishments such as a hand-graved engraved image of a horse and rider and a base bordered with gold-filled garland of roses. The box that holds the cup is an elaborate affair. It's made from the same American oak as Woodford Reserve, lined with a custom silk fabric. And keeping with a the gold theme, the cocktail features mint leaves that have been dusted with gold and ice made of gold-filtered mineral water. 
And if that's not enough for you, they also sell julep cups at $25, $2,000, and $5,000. The $5,000 has diamonds on the side of the cup. For me, I'll just go with this $2.99 beautiful <laughs> cocktail glass, which will do the trick. Lieutenants, when we come back, we will continue with our Cinco de Mayo celebratory maneuvers. We have a couple of other 1,800 tequilas we'll enjoy. And mixologist Ryan, give us the hints on the last two concoctions you will be providing us. The last two are going to be that Coco Pino that we talked about earlier. And then the uh, Smoky Melon Rita. The Smoky Melon Rita. Lieutenants, the final and concluding segment of the Cinco de Mayo edition of the Cigar Dave Show is next. Cigars, spirits, diversions, dames, and the alpha male good life. The Cigar, Cigar Dave, Show. Dave Show. Lieutenants, we have run out of time. We went a little bit long. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to record right now a special podcast that is a, will be available at the iTunes store later tonight. We'll finish off the rest of the show. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Happy Cinco de Mayo celebratory maneuvers. Don't forget, you're listening on XM. Next week, we move to XM Channel 243. XM Channel 243. And don't forget, we'll be in Charlotte for live broadcast maneuvers on Saturday, June 1. All the details at CigarDave.com. 